Welcome back into, I never turned the music off, so hold on, let me do that. Welcome back into another edition of Prom Sports World. Teach, I missed one day and I fall apart here. Uh, welcome back into Prime Sports World. I'm, of course, your host, David Offoy-Hope, and right there is my co-host, Mr. TJ Hopkins. And today we're moving on with our NSC North season previews, swinging into the Motor City, talking about the Detroit Lions. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, as we bring you consistent content 24-7, 365. Uh, so thank you very much for checking us out as we are breaking down the Detroit Lions. And if you happen to miss any of our content, previous content, uh, we've broken down all all the teams in the NFC North so far outside of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, and I know we're going to we said we were going to do a crossover episode t- yesterday, uh, but I ended up staying long at basketball yesterday, and it was just too late to run a show. Uh, we'll jump back into that on Monday. So keep an eye out for that content. Um, TJ, welcome to the show. Happy Thursday, my friend. How are you? Same old, same old. Uh, you gave a shout out to your brother yesterday or on, on, on Tuesday when we did the show then. <coughs> uh, it's good that he's home. Uh, was it from Beirut, correct? Uh, Beiran. 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 Say, uh, Beiran. Beiran. Uh, so good that he's home safe. Uh, thank you very much for his service. Uh, hopefully, you know, who knows that everybody here at Prime Sports World appreciates everything he's done for this country. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about Detroit. Uh, let's just jump right into their storyline. Let's not waste too much time. Let's talk about it. So the first time uh, for a very long time, for as long as I can remember, Detroit Lions come into a season with some expectations. How do they manage those expectations? Um, I know, coming out of the gate hot. <laughs> How do – hey, you got to you gotta respond. I mean – it's it's literally the old what you call it the old Uncle Ben Spider Man quote with, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, you're not looked at as quote unquote this laughing stock anymore, or right? At least not like right now, or at least like not right now. Like you're looked at as a very respectable opponent, and you got to give folks 
you got to back that up, right? Like, you're the favorite to win the division for the first time in what? I mean, I, I can't remember. I don't think there's been a time in either of our lifetimes where they've been the favorite to win the division. So think about that. Like, you're 30 what? 33? I'm 55. Okay. <laughs> As teacher likes like, to point out, how old I am all the time. All the time, but like, <laughs> like, 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 in like, in all seriousness, like, you're 34, 35, 35, 35. I'm 29, and in our lifetimes, the Lions have never been like they've never been serious anything. As long as like, I can, like, there may have been a year that I just don't remember where they're like where they were like low key the favorite, but I, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. they have a year. Here and there, like you had that one year back in, I think, what was it? Uh, what was it? Was that 20, 2012? No, I was in college when that happened. Um, 2013, 14, like when they went to the wild card and they got screwed by Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so like, so the yeah, you got haven't won their, the Lions haven't won their division. It, it, back then, it was still the NFC Central. They haven't won it since 1993. 93. The, the so NFC right before, North didn't even exist the last time that they were, they won the North. They were, it was still the Central. Like so, yeah, I wasn't born yet. Put it that way. And how do they handle? Like how do they manage these expectations? You got the first off state. Dan, um, Dan another expectation. Dan Campbell's early favorite to win Coach of the Year as well. It's another expectation you got to manage. Yeah. So like being humble. Um, being humble is a huge, what you call it? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, be humble through this process. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Like, you can't, you can't get too big headed on, on this. Like, you had a decent season last year, but you still didn't win anything. Like, you didn't make the playoffs. You didn't qualify. I mean, like, I love the mindset that Dan Campbell had going into that Green Bay game. It was like, hey. If we are going to the playoffs, damn it, they're not going to the playoffs either. Love that. Yeah. I have no yeah, issue with too. that. Me too. But it's – so you got to, yeah, just be humble. Like just because you had a good season last – what you did last year holds no merit. They don't care. Right? Like it's on it's – yeah, I mean, to not, the, not to mention the Lions now, they come in – and people, people are like, you're like, it was like, oh, it's the Lions. So people are gonna be expecting to play you. Like, you're, they're probably circling this game in their calendar. Like, oh, the Lions are coming to town. It's not like, oh, oh, the Lions are coming to town. Like, no, the Lions are coming to town. Like, we better take them seriously. Like, they're not going under the radar. Not uh, it under used to, right. radar. It used to, it, like, it, it used to be when you played the Lions, especially for our division. Hey, that's two wins right there. That yeah. that was a guaranteed two wins. No matter how good Stafford was, no matter how good. Megatron was that was two wins that you could guarantee for your for your team if you were the Bears, Vikings, or Packers. Right. So, but I also think they potentially had the right coach for this kind of like situation. I think Dan Campbell is one of the top ten ish coaches in the NFL. Like he just seems to get the he most means, out of his play. Like yeah, he seems he's to be a really good a motivator. Way. Yeah, he's, he's come a long way. I mean, he's not biting up the kneecaps confidence anymore, but he seems to be a really good motivator of men. And, like, so if people want to, like, get complacent, infected, like, oh, there is these expectations, like, oh, we're expected to win games now, I don't think Dan Campbell is going to allow the Lions to get complacent and just kind of go through the motions. Like, this seems like a guy who will motivate his guys 
to continue pushing for to be the best football players that they can. Exactly. So like, yeah, I I I know he was a he was a meme for God knows at least that first season with the whole yeah, biting off sure. kneecaps and because uh, it's like, bro, who talks like that? <laughs> you get what Nobody I'm saying? Nobody talks like that. It's like who, it's like Simon, it's like shout out shout out to Simon Miller from what culture? <laughs> it's like who it's like who talks like that? Like no one talks like that. Dude. It's like yeah, it's you're. Like you, you're you're talking like no one like it. Coach talk is just no. That was oh, we're gonna bite some kneecaps. It's like no, dude. No one, no one says that. And, like, and I think he's he's done a good job of managing expectations. Uh, I I think the best way you can manage expectations is to not to play the way you were playing before. Like not to fall into the traps, not to fall into these trap games. You have to kind of keep playing as if you're being like you're being overlooked. Like you want to you want to be the underdog story forever. You want to have play with that chip on your shoulder. Play with that. Keep it going. Like, that's now, the best what, way to manage those expectations. Now, what they also got to understand is, all right, just like you had a good season last year, that means it's hard to schedule for the upcoming season. Correct. So, Actually, their schedule's, their schedule's not too bad uh, for this particular season, uh, but if they win the division, it for sure will be. Uh, as, you know, they, 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 get, they get lucky. They get, they get kind of lucky that the fact that they get to play against the NFC South this season, which is probably the worst division of football. Um, but let's swing yeah. over from expectations. Let's talk about the Jameson Williams suspension. Obviously suspended, I think, the first six games based on gambling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, gambling on the NFL. Uh, give, take that conversation for whatever it is. Uh, put that to the side. What do you make of his suspension? What do you think it's going to do to this offense? Like, I imagine that he was going to be a big part of whatever they're going to be doing in the passing attack this season as he's kind of the guy who takes the top off the defense. A good compliment to Amon Ross St. Brown. But now that that mm-hmm. element's no longer there for six or – was it eight weeks or six? It's one of those two. What do you make of that suspension? How do you think they make up for that production? what they expected uh, to be that production. And they kind of already addressed it a little bit this morning, uh, trading for Denzel Mims, uh, who's a guy who hasn't really panned out in New York, and but does have a lot of intangibles that make him an opportune guy to be a, a good wide receiver in a new situation. It's, um, it is six. Okay, it, it, it is six games. So six weeks, basically a month and a half for the season. You're not going to have your number two guy, however you want to, you know, phrase this. Um, yeah, like the it's it's simple. Like people don't like it, don't like the fact that he's suspended. But it's the rules. You can't like you can't bet. You cannot do it. Like his teammate Quintess Cephas. Not only was he suspended, he was released. I mean, you had Isaiah Rogers for the for the Indianapolis Colts here. Um, he was he was a promising sixth round pick who was a good player last season. He gets suspended, done. His career's probably over. And really, like I ain't gonna go that far, but it's like Isaiah Rogers' career is probably wrapped up. Like it's a rule. You cannot. You, you, you can't gamble. You, you represent at all point in times. You represent. The team you play for and the shield, you you can't do it. I don't care where you do it at. You cannot do it. I don't care what you betting on. You can't do it. It's literally it's a rule. You can't do it. I, I, the other the other thing that drives me crazy about like athletes betting on gambling on sports, like don't you realize that like how much money you can make if you just 
don't gamble your money away. Like, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally, like to gamble on a sport that you play and can make millions of dollars off of. You're going to potentially throw that away in order to make a little extra money while you game. It's, it's dumb. But with that being said, like back to their offense, like you know, I'm sure they wanted because he only had the one catch because he's off the ACL tear last year. Uh, one catch, 41 yards, and a touchdown. I imagine he was planning to be a focal point of this offense. What do they do now? I mean, you got. I, mean, I ain't gonna say keep the ship afloat because it ain't like you know, it ain't like he ain't coming back. Yeah, I mean it's only six I, games. All the guys I mean, on the roster. They traded for Denzel this morning. Um, got Josh Reynolds on this team. Lee Rains was still a good football player. Uh, I'm gonna obviously I'm on Ross St. Brown, and they got brought back Marvin Jones Jr. who was a good football player when he was here. Uh, spent one season in Jacksonville. Now comes back to where he played. I think the full season in Detroit. Oh. And uh, Marvin Jones gets a bunch of different treatment now. Uh, when he was here, those four seasons they spent. I spent some time in Cincinnati. That team didn't win a lot while he was there. I imagine that they'll be a little bit different now that he's in Detroit. Actually, he played five in Detroit. He actually spent more time in Detroit than he did in Cincinnati. <laughs> they, they've always had nice pieces. They just couldn't put it all together for whatever Play defense. Reason. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just think that the, you guys we like the cliche in sports, right? You, think, you know, next man up, somebody's gonna have to step up. So uh, with the loss of James Williams, I mean, Josh Reynolds gonna pour Khalif Raymond, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. in this Denzel Mitchell, I think is super underrated. Uh, keep it going. I have to go check on some. I will be right back. Okay, for sure. Uh, moving on from there, let's talk about the last storyline. And we got the two expectations from their two young edges in 2023. Uh, two guys that were rookies last season. And we're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, uh, who was the second overall pick out of Michigan. He racked up nine and a half sacks, three touch, three picks, and 34 solo packs in his rookie season. I think he got picks against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and they ended up knocking the out of the playoffs in. Uh, two sacks in that game. And then Jake Tuesday uh, came in, came on strong down the stretch last season. He's not even a rookie. I, know, I thought he was a rookie, but oh yeah, he was a 2020 draft pick. He was a six-round pick. But the dude had eight sacks. I think he had most of them all uh, within the last eight weeks of the season. So a sack a week for eight weeks. That's uh, some serious production out of your linebacker position, uh, outside linebacker when it comes to Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston. Because what's great about having two guys that can put pressure out to the quarterback you can't really double team either one of them because either one of those guys can get going on either side. Uh, you know, and then they also have, you know, Charles Harris has been a journeyman guy who's kind of bounced around the NFL uh, at the other linebacker position. They got uh, Levi Onorinsky. Uh, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but he's another right, you know, Isaiah Boggs, Aylin McNeil, uh, because the Lions have had a lot of time this offseason kind of addressing this defense because there was one major, major weakness of this football team. It had nothing to do with their offense. They had one of the best offensive lines in football. It's this defense. And to have two young guys combine for, what is this, 17 and a half sacks in one year, that's pretty good value, especially from rookies who are expected to get better and better and better every single season. Um I just think the, the sky's the limit for these two guys. They could become one of the best edge rushing duos in the NFL. Um, and I'm not sure the competition is all that fierce for that particular. I'm not sure a duo almost, they almost feel like the best duo they're almost like to have in the NFL right now. I ain't going to go that far. 
You did it once. I mean, it's got. I, I mean, I can't. I, I can't think of any other duo off the top of my head right now. That's because that, you're. That's because you're not. That's because you're not trying to think about it. No, um, you, you already know the expectation. You said you. What was that? What'd you say? Seventeen and a half sacks from the yeah, two between of them? the two of them. Yep, James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson. Do it again. TJ likes to say, "Do it again." Do it again. Like uh, I'm not. I, mean, gonna, I, I I I never label anybody top ten anything off of one good season. Hell, I barely do it off of two good seasons. It's true. It's true. Because yeah, you never, you, you never, never gave Darren Waller's credit. <laughs> Like, no, bro, do it like do it again. But but like, James Houston. So James Houston, for one, he had eight sacks in seven games last season. Uh, he had three sacks against the Chicago Bears, a game where he totally wrecked our game plan. Uh, he had two sacks against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, in seven games, he racked up eight sacks last season. And Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, really turned it on towards the end of the season. Um, you know, pretty mediocre, pretty pedestrian stats. As he was kind of feeling his footing in the, in the first couple of weeks. He's outside of that Washington game where he had three stacks in that game. Mm-hmm. But out, after, like, after that Packer game in with the game where he had an interception, right? He had one sack, half sack, one sack, half a sack, and two sacks, which is all you know, pretty good value. And he had three and a half sackles for loss uh, in a game against the Jets, a game that won twenty to seventeen. Uh, I like this combination, this duo. I think they could be. Really dynamic this upcoming season. Because I'm not putting this duo ahead of you got like you got in the an entire NFL. Like, did you just forget that Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are on the same team? I I did actually. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you forget what the guys that San Francisco has? Like, come on, man. Like, there's a come on, man. They're in the top five. But you just said, like I, I'm not even giving them that. Come on, do it again. No, but no, I'm not doing. I'm not giving them that. I'm not doing all that. Right. So uh, going to the internet. Right, we got the. We're pulling up the internet. All right. So we got uh, Jalen Phillips or Bradley Chubb. Would you rather have those two guys or? That's what down in Miami. In yeah. Give me Bradley Chubb and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. I don't think that's close. No, that's not even close. Come on. That's... Uh, Bosa and Javon Hargrave. Uh, TJ Watt and Cam Hayward or Alex Highsmith. That's not, not close. Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. Not yeah, close. All right, all right, fine. I, I still think that I, I still think that Lions group is in the top ten. Uh, I'll backtrack a little bit, but I do I do think that 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 duo is one of those dudes we're going to be watching because they're both rookies, right? So they're going to grow yeah. up kind of together in the NFL. I think those those are, those are two duos to watch as we go forward in the National Football League and could find themselves in the top five uh, even after this season potentially. Mm-hmm. Really good. Uh, moving on. Moving on from the storylines, let's talk about their draft. Uh, obviously, a kind of a shock pick where they traded back into the traded back in the first round uh, to take Jabir Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. They took Jack Campbell. Oh, Many people uh, thought was what? Uh, no, it's just a notification I got. It's about Washington. I'll you oh. see it in a minute. Yeah, we'll, you see it in a minute. We'll talk. We'll talk about Washington when we actually get to their show. Uh, Jack Campbell, mm-hmm. linebacker out of Iowa. Many people thought it might have been a little bit of a reach. Both these picks actually a little bit of a reach uh, in the first round. Sam Laporter, tight end out of Iowa in the second round. Uh, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama, pick that I personally love. Uh, trading back up into the second round in order to take him uh, should make them a better football team today. Uh, headed Hooker, a bit of a project at quarterback coming off that ACL tear. Um, I still really like the value of him in the at this because if he's not doesn't get hurt. 
uh, in the season. He's probably a first-round pick. Uh, you get him in the third round, kind of stash him if you need to. Uh, Broderick Martin, defensive tackle at Western Michigan, and then they took an offensive tackle out of William & Mary, and they took a wide receiver out of North Carolina. Josh Downs, his teammate, Antonio Green, uh, wide receiver out of North Carolina. So what do we think about their draft? Uh, yeah, the Jameer Gibbs pick was very hair-scratching, especially when you went out and signed – uh, David Montgomery David in free agency. So it's like, what's the plan here? And you also, what you call it? So as the depth chart is listed right now, Jameer Gibbs is starting over David Montgomery. Um, I think that's because Dave Montgomery has still like dealing with some sort of injury. Injury, yeah. I don't know for sure, though, but. I don't know either. Um, I, I also just got a, you know, a bone to pick with David Montgomery because he says some stuff on his way out. And it's like, dude, you contributed to the losing. I just hope you know that. Like, this, like your last year in Chicago. I know you were upset about your contract. That's really what it is. But don't, oh, yeah. like, like, that, like, that's really what it is. Just, you know. Yeah, you're what you call it. That game against the Vikings on January eighth. That's seven carries for twenty one yards. That's that really helped us, dude. Um, I think they got a steal in Jack Campbell at eighteen. Yeah, I, I, I just. I think he's going to be a good football player. And he does address a major area of need. He's a 2020 Buckets Award. Uh, had 300 total tackles, uh, almost 300 tackles in his college career. He's 6'5", 249 pounds. He's a day one starter. So he's like 100, 100%. he's a day one starter. Um, and, and the other thing is, like, if you had not taken Jack Campbell here, he's not coming. He's not going to still be available at – 34 whenever, like yeah whenever you're and, back on the board yeah yeah like he's he was going somewhere in the first round if you wanted a guy if that's the guy that you pegged and you wanted you had to take him there like you didn't have a choice um but i at some point i think you have to be comfortable with missing out on a guy like i, I think this team had other needs other than linebacker i know this guy's gonna be a day one starter but i think that he still had needed corner help i know they dressed it in free agency uh but i would have liked to take him taking a corner uh we were even a defensive tackle um I, I just can't get behind this Jabir Gibbs pick. I just can't. Like, like he, like I understand that, like they, basically they traded away DeAndre Swift right after this pick was mm-hmm. made. Um, I would have rather have just kept DeAndre Swift for one more season and taken something that you actually needed other than running back. I just don't. I don't really love that pick. And he may be very valuable. I mean, he had over two thousand yards and twelve hundred yards receiving, twelve hundred yards rushing and twelve hundred yards receiving uh, between his stints at Georgia Tech and Alabama. Um, he's a dual threat running back. He can do a little bit of the stuff that David Montgomery can't. And he can also play it like, cause they don't have a dominant tight end. I mean, whatever you think about Sam Laporta, uh, as a rookie, but he can give you some of that, you know, escape blanket stuff on your roster. I, I just can't get behind that pick. I think you could have taken a run back later in this draft. I would address the defense and continue to address it. Um, Sam Laporta is also an interesting pick because the kid from Notre Dame was still on the board. I just don't understand taking Sam Laporta over him. Um, but maybe they just have a thing about, tight ends and Iowa and just the class of people that you're taking there. So, um, well, Iowa can right, say they, if they wanted to, they say, Hey, we're tight in you, George Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. um, I mean, like what, for what, for, for whatever reason, TJ Hawkinson didn't work there. Didn't work. 
for whatever. I mean, it's not, not that it didn't work. They just realized that they were going to have to pay him this offseason. They were like, you know what? Let's get some value for him so we don't have to worry about paying him. That's exactly what it boiled down to. It also didn't work. I mean, he was, he was still, he put up big, pretty decent numbers there in Detroit. It was just Did in he? Detroit, so nobody really noticed. Define big numbers. I mean, he had probably had over. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but playing do. fantasy and somebody's DJ. I mean, he probably had over six hundred yards receiving every season he was there. Nope, not his first year. Only he only had six hundred over six hundred yards receiving just one year. The next Last year, year? <laughs> no, twenty twenty. So three sixty seven, seven twenty three, five eighty three, three ninety five, and then he was traded to. Um, so you had three ninety. You had three hundred ninety five yards receiving before he got traded this season. Before he got traded. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good value. And then he played he played pretty good in Minnesota. Uh, but yeah, I mean the San Laporta pick it does address an area you need. Um, but when it boils down to, I think the best pick they made over all of their draft is this Sam Brian Branch pick. Yeah, trading back up into the second round and taking him. A dude that's going to be a number day one starter. He was the best safety in his class to get him in the second round. Is really just immense. Just really good manipulator of the draft board and really good value. Um, I love Brian Branch. I think he could be a dark horse. Rookie defensive player. Uh, yeah. Um, the Hayden Hooker pick is what kind of got me. I understand like he was injured. Like if he doesn't tear his ACL, there's no way he's even here. Yeah, he's not even available here. in the third round. He's not, even, he's not even available. Somebody else gets him. Um. Again, I just don't like the disrespect that Jared Goff is getting. Getting this guy, I allows uh, like he he's gonna sit obviously because he's not ready to play, but at some point in time that means you're gonna move off of Jared Goff. When don't know. Could be next year. Could be the year after. Don't know. But why? Like remember they were doing the mock drafts and before we found out they were gonna have a decent season, they was mocking like C.J. Stroud. Yeah. To the Lions at fourth at four overall, we're like, I'm, and I, I was like, why? Like, why do y'all act like Jared Goff is this bad quarterback? That's he's that, not. He's not. He's not. He's not even that old. Like, he's still. He's not even that old. Jared Goff is like two years younger than me, maybe a year young, a year younger now. Dude, got be like 27, 28. That's it. 20, I think he's twenty eight. Like maybe just turned twenty eight. Like, yeah, why y'all act like like I don't get it. You can literally play if you play your cards right and he stay healthy and y'all help him, y'all continue to do what you're doing, build around him. You can have Jared go for another 10 years easily. So you on the Jameer Gibbs pick, I'm on the hidden hooker pick. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I like do you what 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 is it? You need a backup or something? Like, if that's the case, you, you're getting the backup dude who's not even gonna be able to play. It's true. So, so what's the plan? Like, I don't, I don't get that pick. I'm with you on yeah. the, I'm with you on the Brian Branch pick. I love that pick. The fact that he was still there at 45, and you could have easily made him your first round pick. You had two first round picks. You could have got him there. I, 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 but a- I also think, I also think that in Head and Hooker, I think as the season progresses, as we get down, I think they're going to use him in like goal line gadget stuff. Like I, I think he'll have value this rookie season. I, 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 I understand where you're coming from with the frustration of, like, Jared Goff is still young. He's still productive in the NFL. Why try to find his predecessor when he's still a young player and he's still under contract? 
But I, I think Hendon Hooker is going to have some value. I think he's going to be used in interesting packages this season. Uh, and I think the future of what they end up – because they're not going to have an opportunity to take a guy who has the talent of Hendon Hooker more than likely next season is, is a team that probably makes the playoffs. I mean, who knows what the – like, you're not getting a – you're not usually getting a franchise guy in the 20s. And the fact that Hedden Hooker dropped into the third round, who's probably a well, we already know why he dropped. Yeah, we already know why he dropped. Like he yeah. he tore his ACL. We already yeah. know why he dropped. So if that again, I don't like. Or that's another thing. Like I understand. Like they probably did it right then and there because it's like, hey, he's here. Nobody's gonna chastise us really for picking him right here. Like, can you imagine if they took him in the second round with a torn ACL? Like, can you imagine if that happened? Yeah, it probably get a. It would have been a tough sell. Yeah. Well, well yeah, uh, super tough. Uh, to the other guys on their and their on their draft class, uh, Broderick Martin, uh, 6'5", 337 pounds out of Western Kentucky. Uh, he started his season in Northern Alabama, then transferred to Western Kentucky. Um, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you; I don't know a lot about him. Uh, but he looked good on the in the East-West Shrine game after a solid performance there. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about this guy. Uh, the offensive tackle they took out of Williams and Mary is 6'6", 300 pounds, a behemoth of a man. Uh, had 46 career starts I, at William and Mary. He's already 23. This is this is a conversation for this is a different conversation for another day. But I think ESPN and all those other sports networks they have to do a better job at advertising the smaller the smaller colleges like the fact that you said like Broderick Martin was at Bama then he transfers to Western Kentucky and pretty much just falls off the map North Alabama North Alabama no, North, he wasn't at Alabama North, he was already so he at goes from one so he goes from one small school to another small school and it's like this was a and he turned that into being a third round pick. I think these other networks, all the networks, should do a better job of highlighting these guys because, like, the, the real talk the only time they really get shine or they really get a spotlight is one when they play a school where, where we know that they finna get their ass kicked, like a North Texas versus yeah. Alabama game or some shit like that, or, or both losers, yeah. Or they, or 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 or, or uh, they get a massive upset. Yeah, uh, and then Antoine Green, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, he had 17 yards per catch uh, per target last year, uh, fourth highest in all of FBS. Uh, so that gives the Lions a vertical threat to field the until Williams returns uh, when he's returned to back in week number seven. Uh, Moving on from there, let's talk about their free agency class. Uh, that's where a lot of the roster shakeup really came in. Uh, obviously, notable additions: Dave Montgomery, Cameron Sutton, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and Graham Glasgow, uh, guard who recently played for the Denver Broncos, uh, was quote, at one point was supposed to be one of the centerpieces to the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, that ended up not being the case. Uh, and then key, key departures: uh, DeAndre Swift. Obviously, they traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jamal Williams, who signed with the New Orleans Saints, and Mike Hughes, I think, signed. Uh, with the Falcons, uh, he's a corner. Uh, Mike Hughes is in Atlanta. I was right. I should never doubt myself. Uh, what do we think? Uh, so, like, they had major needs in the secondary, and what do they do on the first day of free agency? They pick up Cameron Sutton, 
Uh, they give him a three-year, $33 million deal uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They also get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's a really underrated player, a one-year deal uh, at the safety position, uh, $1 million, $6.5 million. And then they get Emmanuel Mosley, who did get burnt a little bit uh, as a member of the San Francisco 49ers, but he's automatically an upgrade over everybody else on their roster. And I think – I don't know if – I don't remember if this happened last offseason or this offseason. They also traded away Jeffrey Okuda. Um, I feel like that happened this offseason. This, yeah, that was this offseason. Oh, yeah, so he like, should be he should be on the list of departures. I, I just straight forgot about that trade because it happened forever ago. Um, but yet replacing um, Jeffrey Okuda has, has, hasn't been good in the NFL. He's also been injured a lot uh, with Emmanuel Mosley, uh, with Cameron Sutton. I, I like what the Lions did with their free agency. I like Graham Gaskow. He's a good fringe gap position offensive lineman. Obviously, you don't necessarily need him to start because what well, good your offensive line is already. Uh, but it's nice right. to have value. Yeah, he's a backup. Like I, I was looking at their depth chart. Like I said, he's a, a immediately a backup. They also got Jermaine Effetti on this roster, who's a quality back. Like Jermaine Effetti's been a starter in this league. He's a like that. You can't ask for a better backup at the guard spot. Yeah, so I mean, that, you that, could. That, that, that Okuda trade happened this offseason, so like it happened a couple months ago. Like so, like Buddy Solid in April. Like yeah. They have arguably the best offensive line in football. It's like them and like the Atlanta Falcons. They can make the each have the argument that they have the best offensive line in football. Uh, with Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, uh, Penny Sewell, and then I don't know. Yeah, brother. Like it's they got they got guys. They got headless out there, man. Yeah, I mean they got a really good offensive line, and for them to go out and address like they found an area of need. And get okay, better. Our secondary wasn't good last season. Let's address it with some really good, proven players. Um, you're talking about having a secondary of Cameron Johnson, Manuel Mosley, Brian Banch, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson as your – As your – I mean, if you want to put C.J. Gardner-Johnson at, at safety, which is what his natural position is, uh, I think he may play corner a little bit for the Lions this season. But, I mean, this is an offensive – this is a – this is a. am not as concerned about, like, yeah, giving up on a first-round pick in DeAndre Swift after just three seasons is tough. Um, but I mean, you got to think that Jabir Gibbs I mean, is going to give you something. I, I, and I also think that like it's something, it's something, it's something deeper than that. Um, obviously, like stuff goes on in these organizations that we're not privy to, obviously. So yeah. when they when they traded him away, we're like, and it was a draft they trade. We're like, hold on, what? Well, it happened actually right after the first round. Yeah, uh, same thing. Same thing, literally. Like it was during the draft, it happened. <laughs> um, obviously, like when you look around your division and you see guys, like you see the guys in your division, quote unquote, get better. So, like you see the Bears, they trade for DJ Moore. Claypool's still here. Mooney's coming back. Komet's still a solid weapon at tight end. Green Bay, they got a they got a young duo. That's that's nice. Quiet as kept. Like they got a young duo that's nice. Took them a little minute to put it all together. Like, but it's nice. Like Christian Watson's probably they, they looking for him to take a big step forward. Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is a good young player. Uh, they He's also a good drafted young that player. Kid, the kid from Michigan State that we talked about yesterday or on Tuesday. Um, should give them some depth at wide receiver, receiver as well. Yeah, I love what the Lions did with their free agency. I, I think Dave Montgomery's a good is an upgrade over Jamal Williams. Uh, you know, whatever you, whatever you think about that situation, I think Dave Montgomery gives you a little more intangibles I, than Jamal Williams does. Just a little bit. I think he's a better. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, definitely. I think he's a better um, pass catcher than Jamal Williams is. I think they're going to miss his uh, – how many I, – I, I forgot how many touchdowns Jamal Williams had. Twelve. Last. I know he. I know he. I know he broke Barry Sanders' record last season. I think he had twelve touchdowns. Uh, that number may not be correct, so I apologize if it's wrong. Uh, but had, I, 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 as a whole, I I think when you look at their uh, their yeah seventeen seventeen oh yeah I wasn't even close yeah seventeen uh, uh, when you think of, when you look at their free agent class back to their draft also I think I give it a solid B minus uh, when it comes to their draft uh, back to free agency I, I actually like like what they did in free agency I'm going to give them a solid A A minus. I concur. So into the schedule we go, and it starts off with a bit of a gauntlet there at the beginning of their schedule, outside of whatever you think about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but they start with a game against the reigning Super Bowl champions, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. PJ, how do you think that game's going to shake out? Uh, they got to go, go two arrowhead. Oh, ring night? Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, on Thursday night on ring night. On ring night. That's tough. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. I mean, this is a – I said it during the uh, during the Bears show. Like, this is a, a good barometer game. This is, like, a good game to see where you're at. Now, what you can't do is feed – like, it's a good game to see where you're at, but you also got to remember, hey, yo, this is the first game of the season. <laughs> and a lot of Chiefs players – I don't expect a lot of Chiefs guys to, you know, really play in the preseason a lot. Like, you know, Kel – so like if, if if they seem a little rusty, the Chiefs do. That's probably why. Like I don't expect Pat Mahomes to play too much in the preseason. I don't expect, I expect, him, uh, I expect him enough to stay stay in rhythm. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Patrick Mahomes is really. This could be a feel out game a little bit. Uh, moving on, yeah, I expect Kansas City to win that game. Moving on from there, we got a little bit of a revenge game for the Detroit Lions. Uh, this that loss they had last season to Seattle uh, essentially cut them out of the playoffs. Uh, which made their winning, the, you know, while they eliminate the Packers, but they had no chance of making the playoffs. Uh, they lose this game last season, forty-eight to forty-five. Uh, that game also in in Seattle or in Ford Field in there in Detroit. Uh, TJ, a little bit of revenge for Detroit coming into this game. What do you think? Uh, could happen. Um. This is I see Seattle. That's another young team with that's another team with young guys that is just gonna get that much better. So you got the two edge rushers in Detroit, while Seattle has two young tackles. Yeah, uh, Charles right? Cross and Charles Cross and um the so like they got two young tackles on both sides. Uh, Charles Claus, who had a his rough, rough start to the regular season, but really turned into arguably one of the best rookie offensive rookies of the, of the year last season. Uh, also, those Kingdom era jerseys are returning for the Seattle Seahawks, and that is great. Nice. I also really love the Indianapolis Colts throw the jersey they announced today, too. Um, yeah, them, them high school I, team drama jerseys, I, bro. Get, I like it, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, moving on from there, uh, they go the next game. Uh, they also stay at home. Uh, this time, the birds of the Atlanta Falcons back-to-back game against birds. Uh, Atlanta Falcons coming to Ford Field. And, TJ, this may shock you or surprise you a little bit, but I actually got the uh, Detroit Lions beating the Atlanta Falcons uh, as highly as I think of them. I think it, I think Detroit is even better than Atlanta, so I got them at 2-1. So you got them. Uh, you got them beating the Chiefs and the Seahawks. No, I have them. I no, have you got them, them losing. The, uh, 
You got yeah. them losing to the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, you got them winning two in a row. Uh, right. I got, yeah, I got them at. And then after that, I got they got one and two. I got them at one and two. I think I think Seattle beat them. Okay, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they beat Seattle. Uh, then the week after that, they go into Lambeau Field, taking on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we had a long conversation about Jordan Love in our most recent Packer episode. I will uh, that go back on, and watch it. <laughs> there it is on Tuesday. Go out and check out that content. I also had an old coworker of mine, Adam Dell, join the show as a diehard Green Bay Packers fan from Ohio. Uh, but Green Bay, going into Green Bay, I actually think the Packers, the Detroit Lions will sweep the Packers this season, and I got them winning this game, even in Lambeau. Whew, I'm sweeping. I think it's gonna be a. Uh, I think it's gonna be a split home home. I think Green Bay get them this game. I think they beat them in uh, in Detroit. So what am I at? One and two. Uh, you're you're one, one, and, one and three. I'm at one and three. Wow. Yeah. I would love like I again. I would love to be wrong about that Packers pick. Like I legit think it. I legit think that's probably gonna be. Uh, when the like by the time when the game comes, I, I legit think that's probably gonna be like a pick 'em, like a 50 50. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, after that, pack opponents of the NFC South first, they welcome in the Carolina Panthers into Ford Field, and then they go on to Raymond James Stadium, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. TJ, how do you see those two games shaking out? They beat Carolina. Man, they went two in a row. They beat both of these. Oh, oh hang on, I, I can't be disrespectful to Tampa like that because I know Baker's the I know Baker's the guy, but that's still Mike Evans. That's still um, Godwin. It's like they beat Carolina for sure. I agree with you on that take as well. I think they have. I don't think they have much of a problem with the Carolina Panthers, uh, as Carolina may end up being the worst team in the NFL. Them and Arizona are going to be duking it out for that role. Um, but I think they actually do beat Tampa Bay. I just don't think that highly of Tampa Bay. I just don't think they're just gonna be think, good enough. I just think whoever has to go up against Tristan Worse, hey man, that's gonna be a long day at the office. So uh, you're, you're luckily, like, luckily, luckily, Donovan Smith is not walking through that door in Tampa Bay. They have not addressed <laughs> that right tackle position. Right. Not to mention, Donovan Smith wasn't good at all last season. So even if he was the right tackle still, uh, I just don't – I'm not sure what to make of Tampa Bay. I'm not sure what to make of their running game. I don't know what to make of their offensive line. I think their defense is taking a major step back. Um, I, I think they're – I think Carolina – I think Atlanta is the best team in that division by a long stretch. Uh, Tampa Bay wins, loses that game to Detroit. I got Detroit at five and one before they go into Baltimore and get smacked by Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I have them taking their second loss game here. I did not think they beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Okay, I'm a. I think you kind of swayed me. I'm a. They're gonna beat Carolina. They're gonna beat Tampa. So that's two in a row for me. I got them at three and what? What's that? Three and four. Yeah. Three and five now because they yeah Baltimore finna beat their ass. I ain't gonna say beat their ass, but they gonna, I ain't gonna say beat their ass, but Baltimore gonna win. <laughs> I, I just think that that Baltimore game in Baltimore that's a tough place to play, a tough place to travel to. Uh, Lamar Jackson plays a pretty unorthodox style of offense, and we don't really know what their offense is gonna look like with all their weapons now. So give me Baltimore winning that game, and then they get back onto the winning ways when they go against the Las Vegas Raiders next week. The uh, Las Vegas just seems like an all sorts of mess. Uh, the quarterback situation seems like a mess. Uh, their secondary seems like a mess. I have the Detroit Lions beating Las Vegas uh, pretty soundly, uh, getting back on the winning ways before their bye week. Who's coaching the Raiders now? Josh McDaniels. 
Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Waller ain't walking through the door. You're probably gonna at some point lose Devontae Adams. Like that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. Like it's it's, it's gonna be a long season for the Raiders. I, I, I think the Jimmy Garoppolo saga is just so fascinating. Like because he he has, still hasn't classed that physical, so they haven't totally technically signed him yet, and yet he still is his quarterback one. So yeah, it's just an I, interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I think Las Vegas is going to be in the contention for one of the worst teams in the NFL next season. Uh, after their bye week, they go to Los Angeles into beautiful SoFi Stadium. Take on the Los Angeles Chargers, and unfortunately, the bye week does them no favors. I think they lose to the Chargers. They got them falling to five, six, and three. I agree. And then they got back-to-back games against division foes. Uh, they welcome in the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears in back-to-back weeks into Ford Field. TJ, how do you see these two games shaking out? Uh, I said they beat Green Bay in Detroit, so I'm not changing that. Um, and I'm being a homer. They, they. <laughs> you have the I'm Bears going not- to Ford Field. You have the Bears going to Ford Field and winning that game. Yeah, I'm being a homer. No, I, th- I, I think they beat. I think that's another home and home uh, split. I, I see the Detroit Lions sweeping the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. So I got the Detroit Lions winning both of these two games, and I have them at eight and three going into the Bayou, taking on the New Orleans Saints. TJ, how do you see those two? That game's shaking out where they go to New Orleans to take on the Saints and Derek Carr. Uh, is Michael Thomas playing? <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's a question you could ask almost every week of, for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> if, if if he's not playing, then I mean, if he's playing, then obviously, I think this is the like the most talented. It's probably the most talented team Derek Carr has ever had. Uh, it's it's easily yeah. the best. It's 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 easily the best defense he's ever had. I don't think that's even close. It's not. So. Um. Again, like his entire time in with the Raiders, they never had a top twenty defense. But yeah, it was somehow his fault. His fault that they they lost everything. Um. With that being said, I I think New Orleans is such a wild card. I don't think we're gonna know what they're gonna get from them, especially like from week to week. Uh, Basis. I see if Detroit beating New Orleans, going down to the Bayou and beating New Orleans Saints. I do um, think that'll I be think a close right. game. I, I think it'll be tough, but I have the Lions beating New Orleans. I, I think the I, I think New Orleans has the defense to make their life to living uh make their life tough. Again, you add Jamal Williams, he know this team. So yeah. And then after that, after they go to the Bayou, they got to go into Chicago, take on the Bears at Soldiers Field. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have them nice. sweeping, sweeping the Chicago Bears and the and the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to veer away from that. I have the Lions beating the Bears and moving to uh, 10 and 4 uh, record wise. No, they lose in the Chicago. 10 and 3. 10 and 3. Sorry, 10 and 3. They lose to Chicago. I'm sorry. I think they sweep the entire, what you call it, uh, NFC South, though. I think they sweep that whole division. I agree with you on that, actually. I, could, uh, I mean, like I, think, I could yeah. see. It. I, I I think like the whole. The, I think the only team that they that could give they that could like beat them out of the NFC South is the Saints. Would I, would I be surprised? I, 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 I actually think it's the Falcons, but you know that's fair. 
I mean, I like the quarterback situation a little. I like the quarterback situation in New Orleans way more than I like it in Atlanta. Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, give me Derek Carr. I, I'm not arguing there. I just think Atlanta as a whole football team, I think, is more talented than New Orleans. Uh, uh, from there, let's talk about they're going my high Denver Broncos coming into uh, coming into Ford Field. And TJ, how do you see that game shaking out? Russell Wilson versus Jared Goff, uh, two teams that used to sling it out in the NFC South or NFC West. Sorry, now do a battle as uh, interdivisional foes. <sighs> you go first. I am actually gonna. I know I've been a little bit of a Detroit Lion homer here with all the picks that I made that have the win, like you know all these games against Green Bay and the Chicago Bears. But this, I think, this is one of those games where I think Denver gets this one. I, I think the you know that offense in Denver should be better. They addressed the offensive line in the offseason. You know they added Sean Payton, who should you know make this offense a little I bit think, more dynamic. I, I think, think you already, already had a really good off, really good defense, dynamic defense. I got Denver winning this game. I think that's the move that gets them over the top, right? Like, you obviously, you know, Sean Payton is Sean Payton. Like, this guy, for whatever his past transgressions may be, he's still one of the greatest offensive minds that's ever stepped on the NFL sideline. Um, that I think that's the move that folks are hyping, and for obvious reasons, right? I agree. Oh, I just, I just don't know. Like, it's not like this. It's not like this. The Bronco defense is trotting out. You know, Von Miller's not walking through that door. So they, they got other question marks. Yeah, other but than, I mean, this this defense was good enough to basically carry a woeful. Like it was at one point that last season where the Denver Broncos could have scored 15 points or more in every game this season. Won. They would have. They would have had like 10 wins. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's that's true. Um, give me the Lions in a close one. I do think that game will be re- relatively close. Uh, and then the next week they go up against two NFC playoff teams from a year ago. Uh, first they go to Minnesota, and then they go to Dallas uh, on this little mini road trip to kind of wrap up the season before they end the season of Minnesota coming to Ford Field. Uh, but Minnesota-Dallas back-to-back, uh, both games on the road. How do you think those two games are going to shake out? Uh, same thing. I think they split with Minnesota, so they lose here. I'm that they they lose here. They beat Dallas. They beat Dallas. I'm I'm gonna agree with you that I think they lose to Minnesota in Minnesota. I just can't. I don't. I don't think there is. I don't think they're at the level of a Dallas Cowboy team. And regardless of what they'll look like at this point of the season, we're taking uh, them both at they, full strength. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I know they lost uh, Bobby Schultz's cousin, Dalton Schultz, in the offseason, but I still think that they're a pretty good roster and a pretty good football team. Um, no, it's no, like, kind of like a question mark at times, but oh I this defense should be excellent oh, next season. They Give me had, Dallas. They had, they, had them last, they had them last season. Jamal Williams don't fumble on the two early yeah, in true. the game. Like That's a, that's that's a different – that's a different game because now it's like, hey, we hanging in there with the with the Cowboys, and that fumble kind of killed morale a little bit. If you like, if I, if, if you get my, I, 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 do, I do not actually disagree with you. I just I'm gonna go with my gut here, and I think that Dallas will win that game. Also, this is the second year in a row they play in Dallas in Dallas. That's not fair. 
That's not fair that's at right. all. That's right. That is not fair. First of all, all, who do they play on Thanksgiving? What's their Thanksgiving game? I think they play against Green Bay, right? Yeah, I think Green Bay. They play against Green Bay in Thanksgiving. Uh, no. Uh, yes. They, yeah, they play on. They play Green Bay on Thanksgiving. Hmm. Okay. Uh, our buddy Adam Dell, who's on the show on Tuesday, uh, he's going to that game. He's going to be there live. Oh, so good for him. And then the final game of the season, I have Detroit Lions sitting right now at 10-6. and six, And then they welcome in the Minnesota Vikings in a game that could potentially be for the division. I think whatever, whoever wins this particular game will be the division winner. I think the other team will be a wild card. Uh, I have Detroit beating Minnesota to win the division. Or... I don't know. We'll see what, things, what the record ends up shooking out like for Minnesota tomorrow. Um, but I have Detroit finishing the season 11 and 6. That should be good enough to make either win the division or be a wild card team. Wild card. I think they do right what they did last season 9 and 8. 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Would I be surprised if 11 and 6 happened? Absolutely not. But I think they do right about what they did last season. This ain't hate. This ain't none of that. I just think that when they play some of the, like some of the guys on the schedule, some of the teams on the schedule, I think they I think they worry about the names across the uh, across the way versus what they got going on. So like again, first game of the season is against the reigning Super Bowl champs, right? On ring night. How do you handle that first? How do you handle those first three drives of the game because if, if, if Kansas City come out the game and they score on their first three drives, touchdown, 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 that's 21 points right there. Yep. That, at that point, the game would be over. At that point, the game with Seattle. Seattle shocked everybody last season. And this is a Seattle Seahawks team that put up 48 points against you last year. Uh, it's a it's a game where you scored 45 points and lost. And, and you lost. So like You scored 45. Like that means, like, hey, you score forty-five points, and most time, most times in the NFL, you score forty-five points. That's a blowout dub. You lost, right? Yeah, that's true. You got, yeah. you got the, you got the Chargers. Who again, Josh, Justin Herbert, one of these dudes that they want to crown. They want to make Justin Herbert one of these guys, right? Justin Herbert is out to prove that he's one of these guys, right? Russell Wilson revenge season, like yeah, that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. For Dak Prescott wants to continue to prove that he's worth that contract. I mean, the pressure is going to be on even more than ever with Ezekiel no longer being. I ain't even bring up Lamar. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I have the Detroit Lions at 11-6. I have them making the playoffs. Uh, we'll see how things end up shaking out for Detroit. This is a very important season, I think, for Detroit and for Dan and for Dan Campbell, the coach of that team, uh, how things end up shaking out there in Detroit. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to be doing the Minnesota Vikings show tomorrow, so keep an eye for that content. I'm David Huffman. Right there is Mr. TJ Hopkins. And TJ, besides telling people to subscribe to the podcast, what do we do here at the Prime, my friend? We bring the heat. Kind yes, sir. sir. And uh, we'll be back here uh, tomorrow breaking down Minnesota. Y'all have a good night. Stay safe out there. Peace out, brother. Oh, and 